from KQED. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Musician Nina Simone once said, an artist's duty, as far as I'm concerned, is to reflect the times. And on boarded up storefronts and city streets in many parts of the state, the struggle for racial justice is on full display, with murals honoring George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, or declaring Black Lives Matter. Artist Tatiana Fazla-Lizadeh says the power of street art and social movements, she knows it firsthand. Her own street art campaign against harassers, where she pasted portraits of women on New York's public walls, included the words, stop telling women to smile. And it set off a large response. We want to hear from you. Tell us what street art you've been seeing or creating big and small. And Tatiana Fazla-Lizadeh, thanks so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. And I'm so glad to have you on because you were scheduled to come on back in mid-March and then the pandemic and shutdown changed everything. And we're so happy that you're on now because in that time, artists really have used the storefronts as, and empty buildings as their canvases um, to fight for racial justice and also just to lift people's spirits, including you. And I'm wondering if you could describe some of your more recent installations that you've done in the last couple of months. Yeah, a, a lot has happened since March, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I have been seeing a lot of street art. Like you said, a lot of folks are going out into the street and creating work that's really telling our times, you know, reflecting the times that we're having right now, um, including the protests, including the uprisings, but also including the pandemic. You know, there's been a lot of work that's been about um, frontline workers and thanking them and, and showing them celebration and love, um, which has been really beautiful to see in the streets as well. Um, myself, for the past couple of weeks and the past couple of months, I have been creating work that is, you know, also fitting within the times, you know, I've really felt inspired and felt um, sort of enthused to get out and to create something that is about Black folks, about Black lives, um, about our experiences, about what we're going through. Um, I've really been really affected, I think, by the by the death and the killing of Breonna Taylor. Um, it, it sort of, you know, these deaths unfortunately happen so often and I feel like they hit us differently each time. Um, mm -hmm. I think as we can see in this moment, it feels very different. Um, and sometimes certain names just stick with you and, and Breonna Taylor is really sticking with me like it is for a lot of folks. Um, so I created a piece for her. Um, I created a mural series actually at an NPR space here in New York City. Um, and it was a portrait of Breonna Taylor, a portrait of a Tatiana Jefferson, a portrait of of um, Tony McGade and the portrait of Nina Pop, um, all people who have been killed um, at the hands of racist violence. And um, I've, I've really been trying to do work that is about that and thinking about that over the past few weeks and past few months. Um, and so those are some pieces that I've created recently. Yeah, and they're, they're women or trans women. And, and do you feel like in particular, it was important to highlight, to highlight them? them. Yeah, I think so. You know, most definitely, you know, trans women, especially black trans women and brown trans women um, are killed at such a high proportion that it's um, it's it's really sad and it's very tragic. And I don't think that it's talked about and discussed enough. And so when we think about black lives and we're now talking about fighting for black lives, it's really important that we uplift those names and those people, um, not just only in death, right? I think it's important to also think about black trans women and black trans people, period while they're living, while they're here. Um, but if we are gonna be talking about who is being killed and why they're being killed, I think it's very important that we think about black trans folks who are the most vulnerable amongst our communities. Do you think public art 
has a, a message or mission that's different just by design from art or sculpture that's meant to be in indoor spaces or more permanent? I think so. And, and I think you can see it just by how people come together to create the pieces that we've been seeing over the past few weeks. Public art and street art really sort of welcome this um, community. You know, it welcomes people to come participate in it together. And it is often created as a way to be for the community. And so it makes art accessible in a way that art that's in a gallery or art that's in a museum doesn't. You know, you're creating work that's in the street and it's for the people who live around those streets and live in that neighborhood. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. I think we place such a high um, elitism on work that is in a gallery, in a museum, right? There's this sort of classism, I think, that happens when we think about art and who has access to art. And so public art and street art really creates this sort of um, world where everybody has access to art. And it's not just everybody who has access to it, but what is the art? about. It's about the folks who live in the community. It's about their lives. It's about their experiences. Um, and I think that's a really beautiful part of street art and public art that I think work that's in other sites and most can't do. We're talking about public art and street art that, that's just been blooming everywhere, especially across the state of California and, and cities and towns all over. We're talking with Tatiana Fazlalizadeh, artist and author of Stop Telling Women to Smile, stories of street harassment and how we're taking back our power. And I want to invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation and tell us what street art you've seen recently that has moved you or inspired you or art that you've even created. There's been lots of you know, big and small things done by children to adults. Um, are you an artist who has created street art during the protest and want to just tell us about it? Give us a call, 866-733-6786. Again, 866-733-6786. You can reach us on Twitter and Facebook at KQED Forum or email your questions to forum at kqed.org. I want to just talk quickly, um, Tatiana, about your campaign, Stop Telling Women to Smile, and why you think that street art campaign was so powerful, why it fueled this movement where so many people um, connected with it and wanted to share it, these beautiful posters that you made that were hand-drawn or, or pencil-drawn, I believe, that you blew up and put around the city of New York. Mm -hmm. I, I think people connected with that project because it was telling their own stories, because the women who saw the pieces related to it, um, they saw this work and saw their own experiences within the work. And I think that that is something that I, once I realized that that's what was happening with that project, and that's why the work was, you know, sort of taking off and, and people were resonating with it. Um, it's something that I wanted to kind of capture and continue to, to do and create in the rest of my practice. This feeling of once I tell my story and I say what my experience is and I say what happens to me, other people rally around it because they also find their own lives and their own experiences within that. Um, and so the one experience then becomes a sort of big community collective experience. Um, and I think that's very important when we think about um, work that is, you know, socially engaged, work that is considered social practice art or activist art. Um, how is it telling people's stories? How is it um, getting their experiences out there to the public in a way that isn't just for awareness, right? We're not just saying this happens, just be aware of it. I think that's the first part of it. I think from there, there is then what do you do? How do we change mm. it? Um, and in the Stop Telling to Smile piece, it's also an action, right? It's like, I'm putting up this work in the street. It's an activity. I'm going out and I'm stopping or trying to stop she 
street harassment by doing this activity of putting my words in the street, putting our faces in the street, putting what we want to say back to harassers in the street. And I think that's also why people really really kind of clung to that work um it's because it wasn't just saying this is what happens it was putting an action to it as well yeah i think you're also touching on what i often find is my response to street art which is i really feel like i'm having a conversation with the piece whatever is there because it's really there i mean it's usually in just in your face glorious big you know and so it, it really draws you in well let me go to call a rodney in san francisco hi rodney join us how are you well thanks what's on your mind um, yeah, um, Susie Burton asked me to uh, call in and talk about a piece of street art that I, I just did in front of her house. Oh, and, tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, I just wanted, yeah, um, you know, it was a response to uh, her walk, uh, going around to visit their own Steiner and then coming back to Tech Heights and not seeing any signs of Black Lives Matter or what's going on um, or any of the political unrest that's going on in the nation right now reflected in her neighborhood, so she called upon me to um, do a, a, very generously do a, a piece on her front wall, um, and I took the opportunity to, you know, also highlight uh, the images of uh, Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery, um, along with a poem by uh, Paul Williams called uh, Release, and yeah, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm usually pretty into her, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a studio artist, I don't do a whole lot of uh, uh, public art, but uh, it's, uh, you know, Satiano's talking about Paris is, uh, you know, it's sort of like this, this value that we put on art that's, uh, that's, that's seen in the gallery, and it's, mm. uh, I mean, there's certainly nothing wrong with that, and it's a, that certainly leads to something that goes along with it. Yeah, uh, but public art, it's, it's a lot more democratic. People get to interact, especially as you're, as you're making the work. A lot more democratic. That that's really an interesting point. And really quick, Rodney, did you find your process was different then for a public art piece? Not so much the logistics, but just sort of conceptualizing it, knowing that it was going to be out there on on a front wall. Yeah, I mean, physically, they you know, there's process had to take me through with sealed in, and also, um, you know, I usually work a lot with text, and even just the way I approach how to, you know, how I apply the text to the wall was. Was a lot different. Um, you know, having simple cut and you know using spray paint if you on the wall and stuff like that. But um, but also the, I think the best part was just people passing by and just sort of asking, you know, what was going on and um, you know they sort of saw the evolution of, of the work. Uh, um, yeah. I think I knew I hit you know I, I knew I think I knew it was on the mark when the mini driver sort of stopped his bus and got out of his bus and had a conversation. Yeah. Right, the whole art-making process is public, too. Well, Rodney Ewing, thanks for calling in. Oh, uh, no, thanks so much for having me. Let me go to MJ in Mill Valley next. Hi, MJ. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm in Mill Valley, California, um, in Marin County, and um, the there's a, a, about 40, or let's see, it's a 900-square-foot wall in the Tam Junction area, um, by a natural food store called Good Earth. And the piece of art went up um, in December by an Australian artist. And it's a huge painting of a white woman in a redwood forest. And I just don't think it looks right. Uh, the community doesn't think it looks right. And I reached out to the artist in Australia to see if he would come back and add more faces. And he didn't want to do that. So I'm in this position wondering 
what is the right thing to do here? Do we change the wall? Is it public art? Uh, do we paint it over and restore it to its mm -hmm. original color? Like, what's the right thing to, to move forward and see public art that better represents our community? MJ, thanks. Uh, Tatiana, any thoughts for how MJ can process this and, and what to do? Yeah, you know, that's an, uh, it's an interesting position to be in. Um, I, I, as an artist, think that, you know, community involvement is important when it comes to putting up a really large piece in a community in a neighborhood. Um, at the same time, you also want to allow the artist to have sort of this, you know, creative license to create something um, that is true to them. Um, I think in this case, the artist doesn't live there. You know, they came in, they put up a piece um, that the community, you know, does not agree with, does not like. Um, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had, a lot of community conversation to be had, um, how to move forward with something like that. If it is to create something new or to um, paint over this piece, you know, um, I think either way that you go, whatever you do, there's going to be some controversy around it. Someone is not going to be happy. I think in the end, um, what the community wants and the community needs um, is probably the best way to go. But I want to make sure that everybody who's in the community, you know, is also a part of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, because that can also get lost. Um, are there certain voices who are in the community um, and have more of a say so than others? And if so, why is that? So there's a lot of things that happen here. It's a, it's a, and this happens a lot, you know, an artist comes in who doesn't live there, um, they put up a piece, they leave, the community doesn't like it. Um, and so I think in order to stop that happening, what needs to happen is folks need to be very aware and included in the process um, before the piece goes up. And sometimes the artist isn't, you know, or the community might not be happy. I think with my work, a lot of the times I'm putting up stuff that people aren't necessarily supposed to be happy with, right? I'm putting up pieces that are challenging them in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, it goes both ways as far, as far as why the artists put up a piece and why the community isn't happy. In a case like this, though, it sounds like um, the piece isn't necessarily trying to challenge the community in any way. Um, the community simply isn't happy because it doesn't represent what they want to see. Yeah. Um, and in that case, you know, I'd probably just allow the community to do what they want with that wall. MJ's comment is also just reminding me that that these pieces that we're seeing will will go right. I mean, public art, especially art that's put up in the way that it has been with the storefronts and and on sidewalks is temporary by nature. Can you talk about how how you either grapple with that or how that's part of the process or see beauty in that just so that we can remember as we as it will ultimately go? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of pieces that you know, muralists and public artists put up are meant to last for a long time. So you paint a big mural on a big wall and it's meant to be there for years and a lot of times they do last for years. Um, but with some of the smaller pieces, the street art pieces, especially the pieces that we're seeing now that are being put up on plywoods that are up over businesses um, or the Black Lives Matter murals, right? They're not meant to last for forever. Um, and I think in some way that adds to the beauty of it, just this transient nature of it, the fact that yeah it speaks to the urgency and uh, i'm so sorry we have yeah we have 10 seconds so i just wanted to tell you that this listener said that her daughter who's in high school loves your work she was so inspired by it she did a project and wrote a paper on catcalling tatiana fazaliza day thanks so much for talking with us yeah of course thank you and thanks to our listeners for listening have a great weekend i'm mina kim Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio 
and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.